thank you for listening to the podcasts from Life Central Church. For more information or to visit one of our locations, go to lifecentralchurch.org.uk. Hey everyone, have you ever felt in life like it's like I can put all the time I'm running into a brick wall? You ever felt like that experience where well, no matter what you do, it feels like you're just running into a wall? In fact, years ago when I was in my 20s and one of the first times I ever went to Bulgaria, um, I remember this occasion really well. It stuck in my mind and I was speaking at a youth event and I was young and I, and I wasn't used to working with a translator and I wasn't used to like metaphors and, and all of that and I'm preaching away and my translator is doing a brilliant job translating into Bulgaria. And then all of a sudden I say this phrase, have you ever felt in life like you're running into a brick wall? And he stopped and he looked at me like that. And so I just repeated it. I thought, maybe he didn't hear it. And so I said, so you feel like you're running into a brick wall. And he still wouldn't translate it. He just looked at me. And so then I did what English people do, was I slowed it down, spoke louder with an accent. You know, I'm running into a brick wall. I don't know what that accent was there. Anyway, he looked at me and then he just said to me, why do you run into a brick wall? That is a stupid thing to do. Why don't you just run round it? And I didn't realize that in, in his mind, it was a metaphor, but he was taking it literally. But I don't mean literally running into a wall. I mean spiritually, no matter what you seem to do, or emotionally, you just feel like you're hitting a brick wall. And when you do, it hurts. And so we're asking the question today, can God help when life hurts? Can God help when life hurts? hurts. And you see, last week we looked at, can we believe God is good when life isn't? And we're basing this on this book and this teaching series uh, by a guy called Craig Grishel from Life Church in, the, in America. And I'd really encourage you guys to get a hold of this book and read it alongside this series. Also, some of you have been doing this. There's a, a version, which is a Bible app, um, daily devotional called Hope in the Dark. There's a link on our website. Maybe it will come up or, it will, or you can find it on the chat. Go onto our website and you can follow it. And over these next couple of weeks, we're going to look at this book, uh, Hope in the Dark, which is taken from a little Old Testament book, that's the first half of the Bible, called the book of Habakkuk. And I want to just catch you up to date, and this is a little bit repeating from last week, but just tune, uh, just connect, stay tuned, stay connected. You see, Habakkuk was this guy that we don't know very much about him other than he lived 2,600 years ago, and his name literally means to wrestle and embrace. And he was a prophet, but many prophets, they speak to people on behalf of God, whereas Habakkuk, he spoke to God on behalf of people. And he's looking around his world and he's angry and he's frustrated and he's confused because the the nation around him is in chaos. There's oppression, there's injustice, there's crisis. And he's asking God the question, why and how long? And he doesn't like the answers that God gives him. So what I did last week was I drew something and I'm going to draw that again and continue that little drawing a little bit. So I'm going to go over here uh, onto uh, the, the whiteboard here going really high tech, aren't we? And basically what I suggested uh, last week is that the, the, the experience of Habakkuk is a lot like our experience when we become a follower of Jesus. And I'm aware that some of you aren't followers of Jesus today, but you'll identify maybe with some of these feelings. And you see, when you become a follower of Jesus, okay, wherever that is, okay, so let's say this is where it starts, what what often happens is that life, spiritual life is really, really great and you end up on top of a mountain. It feels brilliant. But then something happens and life turns and you get to what people call a crisis of belief. And at that point, you've got three options. 
Do you deny and pretend and imagine that everything and just say, hey, life's great when actually you don't really feel it is? Or do you walk away? Or do you do what Habakkuk did, the third option, which is you wrestle and embrace. And when you wrestle and embrace, often what you do is you end up in a valley before you start climbing again to the next mountaintop. Here's the thing, you never get to the next mountaintop from the last mountaintop, always as you pass through the valley. And what we said last week was that in this valley, what often happens is that you're left to wonder. And you wonder, God, how can you do this? How can you allow this? And you have all these raw, honest questions that Habakkuk had. But the other thing, and that's what we're going to look at today, is you also have to learn to wait. How many of you like to wait? I hate waiting, okay? I identify with those dogs and those cats. I hate waiting. In fact, yesterday, um, uh, no, yesterday, Friday, Alison and I had our first drive-through Costa. We'd waited 11 weeks and it felt good. What do you struggle to wait for? In fact, maybe why don't you put it in the chat right now, what you struggle to wait for. it, And it can be fun stuff or, or deep stuff, but what are you struggling right now to wait for? Or maybe you don't want to write in the chat, talk to the person next to you. Or if you're on your own, just have a think for a moment. What do you struggle to wait for? Because I think as human beings, we do struggle to wait. Maybe today you are waiting. Maybe you find yourself in the valley, not just where you're wondering, and that's tough, but where you're waiting. Maybe you're waiting for that special person to come along. Maybe you're waiting for that job situation to change or to materialize. Maybe you're waiting for that health issue to resolve itself. Or, or maybe you're waiting for a bigger macro kind of issue, you know, like, like, like what's been in our news this week with the whole racism uh, thing. And I was chatting to a, a good friend of mine yesterday called Carl, Who's, who's black and, 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 and who's feeling the pain of, of not just what's happened now, but, but he said to me yesterday, this is like layers and layers of, of, of racism and of injustice over, over decades and, 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 and you're waiting for it to change. And in fact, I said to Carl, Carl, would you talk to me about that? And so on Wednesday this week in my in the middle conversation, I'm gonna be having a chat with Carl, who's a good friend of mine and a professional musician, but, but also feels very deeply about what's happening uh, right now. And, and, and I know that as I was talking to him, I thought, here's someone waiting for something to change. And that can be so tough. I don't know what you're waiting for, but it's really hard to wait. I know for me personally, I'm waiting for lots of things in my life. I, I've got some friends who, who, who are struggling right now uh, in their lives and I'm waiting for that situation to resolve. I'm waiting for the time when I can hold my brand new granddaughter, Talitha, in my arms. She'll be 10 weeks old tomorrow and uh, we've seen her from a distance but haven't held her yet and, and she's kind of changing before our eyes and, and, and that's hard and it's hard to wait. And guys, I know that it's hard to wait. Can God help when life hurts? Because not just wondering when life hurts, what the big questions, but waiting is so, so tough. And I think from the book of Habakkuk, there are a couple of really, really important tools that can help us as we wait, whether you're a person of faith or not. And I wanna share these three tools with you this morning from Habakkuk chapter two. The first one is this, listen. We gotta learn to listen. You know, we're not great at listening. We're great at talking. In fact, can I just suggest right now, we're great at shouting. We're shouting on our social media. We're shouting out on the streets. And I get that, but we're not great at listening. And it says in Habakkuk chapter two, verse one, and Habakkuk says this, I will stand at my watch and station myself on the ramparts. I will look to see what he will say to me and what answer I am to give to this complaint. Now, 
How, how do we listen for God? Let me break it down a little bit. I think firstly, we've got to learn, guys, to slow down. I think that's one of the things that lockdown is teaching us, isn't it? To slow down. Carl Jung, the great um, uh, philosopher, he, he said, uh, psychologist, he said, hurry is not of the devil, hurry is the devil. And we've got to learn to slow down. Nothing of value happens at a quick speed. We've got to learn to slow down if we're going to hear God and if we're going to hear one another as we wait. But secondly, we've also got to adjust our posture. Adjust your posture. It's really interesting that the Bible says that Habakkuk said, I will go and see, I'll go up to the rampart and I will look to see what he will say. And I read that and I thought, you're a bit confused there, mate, aren't you? I will look to see what he will say. Like, you want to hear what he says, that's hearing your ears. But it says, I will look to see. What's the connection between seeing and hearing? There's a massive connection. You see, what we have to do is adjust our posture so that we don't just listen to people, but we really hear them. We don't just tune in, but we really hear and we respond. And when we're waiting for God, sometimes we need to adjust our posture. And that's why I think it's so important, even in this issue um, around Black Lives Matter, I need to listen, not to other white people, but to black people. I need to adjust my posture and listen to hear, not just to speak. That's why what I'm gonna do on Wednesday uh, is so important. That's why our youth team did an amazing podcast um, with a guy called Jonathan, who's not only black, but also was a police officer and is now a youth pastor. And you can, you can get that on our uh, Life Central Youth podcast. I'd really encourage you to listen to it. And when you listen, don't just do other stuff. Because you see, when, you, when you're doing this and you're thinking, oh yeah, yeah, I'm reading and I'm listening or I'm, I'm writing. No, when you're writing, you're not really listening. And when you're doing anything else, you're not, because you've got to adjust your posture. Habakkuk said, I went up. He like, he zoomed out and he went up. He got to a different posture so that he could hear God. We slow down, we adjust our posture, and then we cut out the distractions. You know, Alice and my wife will, will say, I, I, I'm, I can be a great listener and I can be an awful listener. And when I'm multitasking, I'm not really listening to her. As much as I want to convince myself and her that I am, I'm not. Because we're just not wired that way. And I think sometimes, guys, we want to hear God, but we're not willing to cut out the distractions. There's a beautiful verse in Psalm 46, verse 10. And from the message version, it says this, step out of the traffic. Isn't that beautiful? Step out of the traffic. In other words, slow down. Adjust your posture. Zoom out, zoom up, get a different perspective. Take a long, loving look at me, your God, above politics, above everything. And you know, God speaks to us as he speaks in us. And for me, when God speaks to me, I know he's spoken to me because something happens in me. And for me, I get like a, a heartburn sensation that isn't because I've eaten too much pizza the night before. It's literally like a sense that God is speaking. I don't really hear an audible voice, but I just know God is speaking in me. And you see, God will speak, but it depends whether we are ready to listen. As we wait, are we ready to listen? One of my favorite stories, an old story I've told it many times is, and it's a, it's a few years ago now, um, of a Native American who goes to see his friend who's, uh, who lives in Manhattan in, in New York and um, it's his first time in the big city uh, and they're walking along the sidewalk pavement for those of you Brits and he's walking along the side of the road and, and, and he's just like, he's blown away by the noise and the volume of the traffic and everything that's going on and, and as they're walking along chatting, um, he suddenly stops 
and there's a bush over on the side and, and he goes over to the bush and he puts his hand in and out, he pulls out and he opens his hand and there in the hand is, is a grasshopper. And the, the, the guy from Manhattan says, how could you hear that in the middle of all this noise? And the guy says, well, it depends what you're listening for. He says, let me show you. And he takes out a handful of, uh, a pocket full of coins. Uh, and this was when coins were something, okay? And he drops the coins on the, on the pavement, on the sidewalk. And all of the people walking past, in all that noise, suddenly stop in a moment and they listen. He says, you see, it depends what you're listening for. And guys, I wonder today, in the midst of our waiting, you know, we're waiting for, for the corona crisis to, to pass and, and maybe we're waiting personally for something or we're waiting for an issue of justice to resolve itself. Whatever it is that you're waiting for, can we tune in so that we can hear the voice of God? And you see, the problem is for Habakkuk that in chapter one, he didn't like what God said to him. In fact, this reminds me of, of the Apostle Paul in the New Testament and he was waiting for, for an issue in his life to be resolved and he called it his thorn in the flesh and he said to God, God, I've been waiting so long, will you take it away from me? And God said, no, I won't take it away, but I will give you my grace and my grace will be sufficient for you. And you know what Paul kind of said? He said, I don't want your grace, I want your power. Peter needs your grace, give him your grace, I want your power. And I can imagine Paul saying, and can I just remind you, God, of what I've done for you? You know, like I've traveled all these miles, I've been beaten, I've been shipwrecked, I've been tortured, I've been stoned. And I don't mean that kind of stoned, I mean the actual kind of stone. I've done all this for you. I don't want your grace, I want your power. He doesn't like the answer that he's given. But you know what, guys? God always answers our prayers. But sometimes his answer is yes. Sometimes his answer is no, because I love you too much. That's what he says. Sometimes his answer is wait. Sometimes his answer is yes, but not as you expect. And sometimes his answer is yes, and even way more than you expect or imagine. And we have to learn to wait. Can God help when life hurts? Absolutely. But we've got to be willing to listen. Second idea from this, I think Habakkuk teaches is this, that not only should we actually listen, but we need then to write. Write it down when God speaks. In Habakkuk 2 verse 2, then the Lord replied, write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it. And you might say, oh yeah, yeah, because you're a writer, you, you know, you journal. Listen, I know that we're all different, but I can honestly tell you, if you write it down, it will stick. You see, why do I know that? Because there is an enemy that we all have, okay? Especially if you're a follower of Jesus, we have enemies. And actually the enemy wants to take from us. In fact, I put it this way. Our enemy wants to take from us what God has given to us. Our enemy wants to take from us what God has given to us. But when you write it down, what you do is it provides a testimony. It seals a memory and it holds us accountable. Five years ago, um, as a church, we had a, a fire that destroyed our auditorium. And I remember being the first person uh, allowed into the building um, after the fire brigade had done their stuff. And I remember walking around and I was devastated, devastated. You know, the, our place had so many memories for me and for us um, as a community. Um, you know, and I was devastated. And all of our plans for the future were, had gone up in smoke. 
And I remember in those weeks that followed that, just feeling totally desolate, feeling like I was waiting, feeling like I didn't understand what God was doing and I was trying to listen to God. And then I remembered that several months before that, a friend of mine in Albania had shared something with me that she felt God say to her for me. And I wrote it down. Now, I'd forgotten all about it until I remembered that I'd written it down. And this was months before the fire. And when I read it back, guys, this is what it said. It said this, Leon, I see you walking through fire and you are devastated and it looks devastated and where you thought you were going is now not the direction. God wants to take you in a different direction and as you go through the fire, you will end up in a much more spacious and amazing place. And as I read that, I thought, wow, God, you spoke that into my life months before it happened I had to write it down. And guys, in this season, if you feel and you hear God speak to you, write it down. When we're waiting, we're listening and we are writing it down. It's so important. But then thirdly, having listened and having written it down, we've got to wait. We've got to be willing to wait. And you know, wondering isn't much fun. Waiting is even worse. And maybe you are waiting for your child to sort their life out. Maybe you're waiting for your son or your daughter to come back to Jesus. Maybe you're waiting for that relationship issue or that marriage issue to, to resolve. And, and maybe for you, lockdown has been really difficult for you in your relationships. Maybe you're waiting for that health situation. Maybe you're waiting for the migraines to finally stop. Or maybe you're waiting to beat that depression. Or maybe you're waiting for your boss to notice you. Or maybe you're waiting to, to defeat that, 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 that horrible um, evil of, of racism or whatever it is, that issue that's gripping you. And waiting really, really hurts, guys, doesn't it? I know that. It really hurts. And then God speaks in Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 3. And I'm going to read this from the Living Bible. These are amazing uh, verses. And, and it says this. But these things I plan, God says, won't happen right away. Slowly Steadily, surely, the time approaches when the vision will be fulfilled. If it seems slow, do not despair, for these things will surely come to pass. Just be patient. There's that word that I hate, and I know many of you do. They will not be overdue a single day. In the original language Hebrew, there's a word here called mawed, mawed, which literally means that it's going to come at exactly the right time. It's like pregnancy. There's a moment you can have the date of the, when you think the birth's coming and it could be early or late. No, at the right time, that baby's going to be born. I remember when our uh, first son was born, Josh, and because and it was all new to me, I'm like on tender hooks and watching and waiting. Then two years later or 20 months later, our second son, Simeon, comes and I'd gone through the experience once, gone through the pain myself joking. And, and so I, I thought as I was sat there in the maternity ward and Alison was saying, actually, I think, I, think, I think they're coming. I think the baby's coming. And I, I seriously looked at the charts and said, nah, you're all right. And carried on watching the football. True story. And then she said, no, 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 the baby's coming. You, know, you need to go get the midwife. And I said, no, 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 no. Child, you're right, darling. I've done this before. Just relax. Take some more gas and air. You'll be fine. Let me just watch the football. Seriously, I know it's terrible. Don't, please don't write in any comments. And exactly at that moment, she then said, no, Leon, get the midwife. It's coming now. And he came now in that moment. You see, at the right time, at the right time, God answers. At the right time, it happens. But we have to learn to wait. If it's not God's time, you can't force it. If it is God's time, 
You can't stop it. And Habakkuk hears this, you know, but waiting, he's got to wait. He's got to wait and it's so hard. Waiting hurts, but can God help? Absolutely, but we've got to learn to wait. You know, the guy Joseph in the, in the Old Testament, God gave him a picture, a dream of what his life would look like. He had to wait 13 years. You know, the Apostle Paul came to a relationship with Jesus. He had to wait 14 years. Jesus knew who he was as a child, but he had to wait 30 years. Moses had this call from God to go and set his people free. He had to wait 40 years. Here's the thing, guys. God's delays are not necessarily God's denials. And I sense right now that many of you are waiting on God. Some of you, maybe you're not yet a Christian, but you're waiting for something to change in your life. Could it be that God says, hey, if you'll learn to listen, if you'll learn to write it down, if you'll learn to wait, then at the right time, I'm gonna move and I'm gonna do something amazing in your life. And waiting doesn't mean that there's no movement. How we wait is crucial. You know, in the story of Jesus, when, when he's eight days old, he's taken by Joseph and Mary into the temple uh, to be circumcised. And, and, and Simeon and Anna are these two old uh, priests in the temple. And the Bible says that they've been waiting for this moment the whole of their life. And how have they been waiting? Well, they, the Bible says that they're moved by the Holy Spirit. They're open. Their posture is open. They're listening. They're ready to write down. They're waiting with an open posture. And I love that. And hey, if you're waiting, how you wait is crucial. And if you're an older person and maybe you've been following Jesus a long time and you're still waiting for your son or your daughter to come back to Jesus, you're still waiting for that situation, how you wait is crucial. You know, I love some of the older folks in our church and guys, you've, you've been so amazing how you've engaged with this crisis that we're in and how we have to do church differently and how we have to go online. And, and I remember a few weeks ago, we had a, a leaders meeting and, and one of our old ladies, Iris, and, and I hope she won't mind me saying it. I, I've told this story before, she won't mind it. And uh, she's 83 coming up next month and, and she goes on Zoom for the first time. And, and so she's on Zoom and there's 70 other leaders uh, in a Zoom meeting and I'm getting to the end of the meeting and I'm you know, landing it you know, with a big kind of speech at the end and, and she inadvertently presses share uh, button on, on her computer so all of us get, get whatever's on her computer. And I remember I was chatting to her about it on the phone afterwards and we were laughing about it. And you know, she said this to me. She said, only today I wrote in my journal that even in my 80s, God, in this season, I want to learn something new about you. That's how to wait. That's the posture of saying, God, I want to be open. I want to receive something new from you. So, so important. And then, and then God encourages Habakkuk in the next verse, in verse four. And he says this, hey, look at the proud. They trust in themselves and their lives are crooked, but the righteous will live by their faithfulness to God. So God says, hey, Habakkuk, I know it's difficult what you're seeing in the world around you. Okay, I know that. But you need to know, you, the righteous, you're gonna live by faith. But you're not just gonna live by faith, you're gonna wait by faith as well. You see, we don't only live by faith, we don't only walk by faith, but we have to wait by faith. And sometimes it means we don't even get to see the fulfillment of what we're waiting for. Habakkuk never got to see the fulfillment of what God was talking about. But he learned in the valley, not just to wonder, but to wait by faith. Faith. A guy called Oswald Chambers said this, faith is the deliberate confidence in the character of God whose ways we may not understand at the time. 
And guys, maybe you're waiting for something right now and you don't understand what God is doing. Wait by faith. As he listens, as he writes, and then as he waits, there's a shift on the inside of Habakkuk. The rest of chapter two is a whole story of woes. Woe is this, woe is that. You can read that yourself. But right at the end of chapter two, verse 20 is where the shift comes. And it says this from the New Living Translation. But the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth be silent before him. I'm seeing all this chaos. I'm seeing all this injustice. I'm seeing all this oppression. I'm seeing all this crisis. I'm seeing all this stuff. And I don't like it and I don't get it. But God is still in his holy temple. And so I'm looking up. I'm looking out. I'm not only walking by faith. I'm waiting by faith as well. Chapter one. Don't walk away. Chapter two, don't quit. Wait by faith. Can God help when life hurts? Absolutely. But we have to learn to listen. We have to learn to write it down. And we have to learn to wait by faith. And then as we wait, guys, what God does is He moves. As we begin to pray, things happen. And can I just say, if you need prayer today, we would love to pray for you. In fact, the Say One For Me initiative that we've launched on our website and it's coming up in the chat right now. If you want us to pray for you, we would love to pray for you. I know many of you are waiting for some big issues in your life. You're waiting to see God move and it's really hard to wait. We would love to join you in that waiting and to pray for you. So you can fill that in and pray for someone right with someone right now or, that, or you can fill it in and they can pray for you and we will pray for you. But here's the thing as I draw into close. Whenever we pray, guys, something always changes. So how are you waiting? Yeah, I don't know about you. I, I'm fine. I found this last week really tough. Maybe, maybe one of the toughest in the last 12 and I've had other leaders contact me this week just to say how, how difficult they're finding it as well. And the waiting that we're in is tough. And then when I talked to my friend and he's been waiting, you know, my friend said to me in terms of the racial injustice, you know, this was my grandfather's fight. This was my father's fight. This is my fight. I don't need to be my kid's fight or my grandkid's fight. And, and waiting is really tough. And maybe guys right now you're waiting. How are you waiting? Maybe when you're, as you're waiting, you're exhausted. You know, God can help because in the waiting, what He does is He refreshes, He restores, He encourages. Maybe for some of you, you actually say, do you know what? In the waiting, I've grown cold and I've actually lost my love for Jesus. And I just sense to say this morning that there are many of you and you're watching this and you were followers of Jesus, but maybe you lost that a long time ago. Maybe you don't do church right now. Maybe, maybe something kind of died in you and maybe even today or even as you're watching this, it isn't resurrecting. But, but can I just say, I want to share something that a lady called St. Teresa Avila said hundreds of years ago. And I love this. It's so real. It's so raw. It's so authentic, which is what Habakkuk is. And she says this. She said, oh God, I don't want to love you. That's real, isn't it? Like when you're in the valley, I don't want to love you. And I don't want to love you. But I want to want to love you. I don't love you. And I don't want to love you. But I want to want to love you. And I just wonder, as I pray for you, and then we're going to sing a last song together, and Andy and Laura will wrap up. I wonder if for some of you, you want to just say right now, God, that's me. You know, as, as I'm waiting, I, I, I want to want to love you again. I want to want to have that faith in you that I can wait by faith. I'm not going to walk away. I'm not going to quit. 
even though what I see doesn't line up with what I know you are. You're good even when life is not and you help even when life is hurting me. And right now, I believe that actually many of you could experience God right where you are, in your living room, in your home, wherever you are, wherever you're watching this. So I wanna pray for you right now. And if that's you, maybe adjust your posture for a moment. Maybe you wanna just respond somehow in the chat or just open your hands as I pray for you and then we're gonna sing. Let's pray. Jesus, I wanna pray for every single person who's watching this right now, whether they're watching it live or later. God, however they're waiting, may they know that you are with them in their waiting. And God, I pray for extra strength. I pray for courage. I pray for hope in the dark that as they wonder and as they wait, they will come to a place where they are waiting by faith and then they are walking by faith and then maybe they're running by faith. So God, would you fill them, I pray. I pray for all those young people who may be waiting on their future, don't know what's gonna happen and this year at college or school or the future. I pray for all those people who are waiting right now and they're, they're hurting right now. They're looking at injustice in the world. They're looking at hatred and racism and they're waiting and saying, God, is this ever gonna change? God, I pray for your presence with them. I pray for all those who are waiting for a loved one, maybe to put their arms around them or maybe for you to heal them or to touch them. And God, I pray that you'd strengthen and encourage them. And Lord, as we wait, may we wait in faith and may we wait God expectant and looking to see and to hear you because you are never silent God even even though we can't always understand and we can't hear you God you're speaking if we could only tune in to your voice and so God now as we worship as we sing and we're going to sing waiting for you God we want to sing with our arms open with our hearts open with our lips and our mouths and our minds open to you in Jesus' name. Amen.